Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Oakland School Board is set to vote tonight on a highly controversial plan to permanently close or merge up to 15 schools over the next two years due to declining enrollment and lack of funding. But the closures will disproportionately affect black and Latin students, and they face fierce opposition. We'll survey the battle and preview tonight's school board meeting, and then... The San Francisco Art Institute has been acquired by the University of San Francisco. We'll look at what that means for the schools and the broader arts community here in the Bay Area. That's all next. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. School closures are a regular and brutal topic in Oakland and everywhere else. Districts are often faced with terrible choices, as our parents, as our teachers, as our school administrators. The pandemic has compounded all of these things, and both the short- and long-term pressures on urban public education have landed us here this morning, talking about prospective school closures that would fall most heavily on black families. Of the students at the eight schools slated for closure this year and next, about 43% are black, nearly twice the proportion of black students in OUSD overall. Five of the 10 OUSD schools with the highest black student enrollment percentages are at risk of closure. The district says that the closures are necessary to begin shrinking its real and large structural deficit. But critics say the closures won't close the gap anyway. Here to help us sort through this situation, we have Vanessa Rancano, KQED education reporter. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Vanessa. Sure. Happy to be here. So Oakland Unified officials declined our invitation to join today. What are the district administrators recommending tonight and what's their reasoning? So this plan could affect um, as many as 16 schools over the next couple of years. They would the plan would close eight schools, six this year to six at the end of this year, I should say, to the following year, would merge four schools and truncate, basically eliminate um, the middle school portion of two schools. So those schools would lose grades six through eight. And I mean, as you said, the district, the, the district has a long history of financial trouble. I mean, as you may recall, it was under state receivership from 2003 to 2009. As part of that, it was required to take out a $100 million loan that many people have argued was much larger than it actually required. Mm. Um, it is still paying off that debt with interest. And financial troubles have dogged this district as long as I've been doing this job um, and much longer. And school closures have been one of the strategies that the district has pursued to try to right its finances 
long term. So this this latest round, these um, 16 schools that could stand to be impacted is part of a strategy that dates back to around 2017. It was this multi-year plan to, at the time they were saying, uh, reduce the number of schools in the district by 24. And the district put that plan on hold during the pandemic, um, you know, I think for obvious reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Because there was already so much disruption and turmoil. And then, then they came under pressure, I will say, from um, the entities that are tasked with overseeing their finances. I mean, as long as they continue to have to pay off this loan, they are required to have a trustee in place um, who is sort of there to sign off on their financial decisions. And the county office of education is at this point. Um, really in charge of, of monitoring that. So they came under budget. increasing pressure. Yeah, exactly. They came under increasing pressure from the county to show that they were making progress towards coming up a plan that would stabilize, coming up with a plan to stabilize their finances because things were not looking so good um, in the coming years. So I think that's a big part of why they're moving now. So Question on how closing schools is supposed to save money. I mean, the estimates for how much money that might be saved really vary a lot from, you know, kind of the single digit millions to, you know, over 10 million. And I was reading the official OUSD justification and the chief business officer said, you know, we spend more on teacher salaries than 85 percent of the state's largest districts. Yet our teachers had the lowest average salary in the fewest years of teaching experience, which really seemed like it was an argument that Oakland actually needs fewer teachers who are paid better, which means they need fewer buildings to cover. And so it's it's really about eventually cutting the teachers, the number of teachers who are teaching in Oakland. Is that kind of the way that it's normally described? I, mean, I think it's not just that. I think it's about economy of scale broadly, right? Mm-hmm. So, so like you said, they often point to the fact that Oakland has the highest ratio of schools to students in, in the state, I think it is, if not one of the very highest, um, and like one of the highest numbers of teachers per student in the state. So operating more schools means that you have more administrators who are highly paid, um, and you're paying the, the cost of maintaining those facilities. Mm-hmm. So they are arguing that if they have more money to spend on fewer schools, they're going to be able to do things like pay teachers more and repair these facilities and fund more robust academic supports for students and, you know, potentially use this, um, this real estate for alternative purposes or maybe even lease it and bring in some money that way. Yeah. You know, how does the district respond to the fact that these closures will disproportionately fall on black students? Like, how do they say the schools were chosen? Yeah, I mean, they point to a sort of data-based analysis, right? So they're saying these are under-enrolled schools. These are schools that are not financially sustainable. And we've looked at things like enrollment data, live-go data, which I understand to be like, where do students live relative to where, to, where they mm-hmm. go to school? They look at feeder patterns. Um, 
And based on that, they say these schools, you know, it, it looks like they're going to continue to lose students and so become even less uh, financially sustainable than they are currently. Mm-hmm. Are there any alternative plans that would close some schools but make sure that it happens more equitably? Or is it basically there are people who want to close these schools and there are opponents who are opposed to any schools being closed? Yeah, that is how I understand the situation right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that is one of the big criticisms that you hear from some of the folks who are opposed to this is that A, it feels really rushed and B, that there is no, there hasn't been a robust community engagement process. There haven't been alternatives considered, at least publicly, right? There's been no opportunity to sort of air this out and um, work in partnership with the community to think through alternative solutions. So I want to bring in, stay with us, Vanessa, uh, but I want to bring in L.K. Monroe, superintendent of schools uh, in Alameda County, which is Uh, in fact, sort of in charge of approving the budget of Oakland Unified. Welcome to the show, Superintendent Monroe. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. So you sent a letter to OUSD in November calling for board-approved budget balancing solutions, essentially calling for tens of millions of dollars in cuts by January 31st, 2022. A lot of parents say they feel blindsided by the cuts and that it seems rushed. Like, why are we on this particular timeline? So one of the things I've talked to a lot of community members about, board members about, and I'm um, obviously in continual conversation with Oakland Unified themselves, is that this has actually been something that we have been discussing and that the uh, board has been uh, undertaking for about three years. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are uh, letters that discuss what the the cuts are, what the gap is. There are other letters, just about every letter references uh, Oakland's um, fiscal sustainability plan, where Oakland is outlining what their plan is for achieving a balanced budget. So uh, while I, I think that the number, that number continues to grow, that number feels... Um, Uh, daunting because it is. Um, This is not something that just happened. Yeah. So from your perspective, how do you see the Oakland budget? Because I, you know, I was was preparing for the show, I was looking at different numbers for, you know, what this structural deficit for Oakland is. Like not, you know, one-off things, but really like an ongoing um, structural problem. From your perspective, like what is that number and what do you want Oakland to do to close it? Because obviously the the school closures would only, even at the high end of estimates of savings, would only cover a a chunk of that gap. Right. So um, I think what I'd like to, something I'd like to say before that is that um, these decisions, as you're seeing right now, as everyone knows, I mean, first of all, there is never a scenario by which closing a school feels like a good decision. There's never a scenario by which uh, a family or community wants to lose a school that is in their neighborhood because we know that schools um, serve as hubs for many things in communities. So uh, the numbers are not the only thing that is being considered. And even by me as a former 
uh, Oakland teacher and administrator, there is a lot at stake. So my job, my statutory responsibility is to look at those numbers. And uh, I, you know, that cannot be done uh, uh, absent uh, some of those considerations, which the board is undertaking uh, in their local governance. So looking at the budget, uh, it, it varies um, anywhere from um, 80 to 90 million is what we're looking at as a structural deficit. And just for your listeners, uh, a structural deficit um, is represented by um, obviously your um, uh, your outflows uh, exceeding your income. So you have less revenue than you have expenses. Um, and that's happening in uh, every district in Alameda County is looking at declining enrollment as being one of the major factors in that. And that was exacerbated or has been or is being exacerbated by the pandemic. But before that, California was looking at um, declining enrollment. So anywhere from 80 to 90 million is the deficit. And there's one time money right now, which is great. Districts are able to maintain programs that they... Um, uh, are passionate about and uh, have resulted in um, positive student outcomes. And they're not able to count those resources to do things like provide raises, which Oakland teachers desperately need. Yeah. We're talking about tonight's vote on school closures and mergers in Oakland. We are joined by Vanessa Roncano, education reporter with KQED News. And we've also just been talking with L.K. Monroe, superintendent of schools at Alameda County. Her office oversees district budgets. She's going to stick with us for a little bit after the break. And we'd like to hear from you. Are you an Oakland parent? Give us a call now, 866-733-6786. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more on this after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal, and we're talking about tonight's vote on school closures and mergers in Oakland. Are you an Oakland parent? What's your reaction? What questions do you have on tonight's vote? You can give us a call, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can get in touch Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or KQED Forum. Or you can email your questions to forum at kqed.org. Uh, Superintendent Monroe... Um, your office oversees uh, budgets uh, here in Alameda County for schools. Is it in your power to ask for a different kind of closure plan, one that would center racial equity, or can you only look at the, the dollars and cents? My primary responsibility is to ensure that the dollars and cents add up. These are discussions we're having, however, as I uh, mentioned before, you know, Oakland is a, I'm an Oakland resident and I care very much uh, about the students of Oakland. And so these are conversations that are ongoing um, about the impact of potential closures on communities. These are local decisions. So it is within the board's uh, purview 
to decide how this gets walked out. And uh, I would hope that the suggestions, recommendations, conversations that I'm having um, with various um, Oakland community members, as well as Oakland leadership, uh, are factored into the decision making. Yeah. You know, I think critics look at uh, of this plan, look at Oakland's situation and the county's role in it, the state's role in it. And they say, why should the parents and the teachers in the district trust Alameda County and the state to do this right when the district has been monitored for years and the budget issues have really continued? Right. I actually think that's a very fair question. I think that's the exact question community members should be asking. Uh, what I can say is that I have been probably um, for, I, I will say, about three years. Certainly fiscal oversight has always been true in um, the eight years, nearly eight years I've been county superintendent, but intensively supporting Oakland Unified for about the last three years. And I don't think we have realized yet, either in my role as fiscal oversight, um, with fiscal oversight, or the district's role in serving students, I don't think we've realized the outcomes that we hope for yet. And that needs to come with a uh, concerted, detailed um, plan as we move forward for how it is going to improve outcomes. I know the district is pointing to things like um, really investing more deeply in full service community schools and um, dual language offerings. And, you know, as you may know, um, early um, uh, TK, there's expansion in, in transitional kindergarten and early childhood. Those are some of the things that they have been talking about that they believe are essential. I agree. I also think that it is going to take a plan that can be walked out to make sure that these things are realized and um, more than a really critical to-do list. So um, parents should continue um, to ask those questions and seek to uh, provide input in what can be going forward. There needs to be a shift. Yeah. Hey, Superintendent Monroe, uh, last thing before we let you go real quick. Um, what do you think the likelihood of the state stepping in to relieve Oakland's debt, which it's taken on? Um, what do you think the likelihood of that happening, which is a proposal that the Oakland City Council, for example, or at least a, um, a faction within the Oakland City Council has put forward? Is that a likely mm -hmm. thing to happen? I can't really say. I, I'm well aware of the discussions. It's something that's being discussed uh, as we speak. Um, what kind of relief might be possible? Uh, Oakland has been under uh, the burden of the loans it has for quite some time. And so the discussions of um, how, how might that relief uh, be considered and of what help might that be to Oakland? I can say uh, if it comes always um, a, a relief in uh, their, their fiscal picture um, is welcome. Uh, and if it comes, there is still the question of how they are going to best serve their students in mm -hmm. Oakland Unified, how they're going to best provide the highest quality um, of education for their more than 30,000 students um, across the district. So these are still very real issues that are going to have to be wrestled with and settled upon um, regardless of 
um, in spite of, or even with um, the benefit of more money, uh, the, the question still remains. And, and that's what every parent wants. Uh, They really want to be able to have the best school for their student, their student to have the best chance for success. And that's where uh, the, the district is as well. There just, there really needs to be a concerted plan uh, of action to make that happen. We're talking about tonight's vote on school closures and mergers in Oakland. We've been joined by L.K. Monroe, superintendent of schools of Alameda County. Her office oversees these district budgets. Thanks for joining us, Superintendent Monroe. Thanks so much for having me. Have a good day. Thank you. We're also joined by Vanessa Roncano, education reporter at KQED News. And we'd like to bring in Mike Hutchinson, director, District 5 on the Oakland Board of Education. Welcome. Great. Thank you for having me. So you've been a leading critic of the district plan. What are your main concerns? Well, um, I think it's telling that you weren't able to find a district representative to come and talk about this. Um, and I'm actually a little bit disturbed of what I just heard from Alameda County Superintendent Karen Monroe. OUSD is not in fiscal crisis. OUSD does not have declining enrollment. And this whole plan to close schools was started by a vote from the school board on January 12th that directed the superintendent in Oakland to develop a list of schools to be closed at the end of this year. And so this has been a plan, if you want to call it that, that's just been developed in the last three weeks with no engagement during a pandemic after we had already made $40 million in budget adjustments to satisfy Karen Monroe. So this is unnecessary. This is actually unheard of in Oakland. And again, we are not in crisis, so there is nothing that is forcing us to make this decision tonight. Are we not in crisis because of the COVID-19 monies that are coming in from the state, and that's kind of allowing us to maintain stability through this time? Or do you think that it's actually in a deeper way we don't have a crisis? Well, it's kind of all the above, but one of the things that we need to do a much better job of in Oakland is using the official budget numbers and the information that's out there. So for the 2021 school year, our last completed school year, we ended the year with a $43.9 million yearly budget surplus, an ending fund balance of $113 million, and reserves of 9%, which is four times the state requirement. And that's not including our almost $300 million in COVID relief dollars. Karen Monroe has certified this year's budget, and she has no concerns for next year's budget. So why are these decisions being forced now by five school board directors? Mike, can I, this is Vanessa. Can I ask you yeah. something though? I mean, can you explain to me how it is that the district's own finance office folks, county officials, FICMAT and the state all look at this financial picture and say, you can't rely on this one-time money. A couple years from now, things look real bad. Enrollment is declining, just like it's declining around the state, and and it's been enroll it's been declining for years in Oakland. Like, how can everybody? No, it, how can all no, these it, folks no, see this picture? But I'm I'm wondering how you explain that discrepancy and how you look at the this picture. Well, first, you have not heard that from the district's finance team. You hear that from Thickmat and from Karen Monroe at the county office. Again, we need to deal with the actual numbers. In OUSD in 2012-2013, our enrollment was 36,368. 
seven years later, in 2019-20, it was 36,110, a drop of 250 students over seven years. That's not declining enrollment. But what we have had is an enrollment dip during the pandemic. And these enrollment numbers are listed in the presentation for tonight's vote. And so this is information that is out there, but it's really hard when people don't deal in the actual facts. And so we are not in financial crisis. This started, this closure plan was started by a school board resolution on January 12th. This is not something that the district's been working on all year because there was a structural deficit. This is a political decision being forced on our community again by three lame duck school board directors who have tried to do this year after year. It's important when Karen Monroe was speaking, she left out an important fact for us here in Oakland. In 2020, we turned out four incumbent school board directors exactly for these votes and for their involvement in what Karen Monroe was calling a fiscal vitality plan. This has been an attack on Oakland, and I'm very disappointed that the Alameda County Superintendent, instead of supporting us, has resorted to attacking us. So, Mike, you know, I, I'm looking at um, Lisa Grant Dawson wrote a, a post on Parent Square, OUSD chief business officer. Yeah. And she does write, while this one-time windfall of funding can be used to make one-time investments with long-term impact, it cannot solve the ongoing systemic budget issues that the, that the district faces. And I guess the, the, the question for me is, do you see – like, let's go a little bit longer term. Do you see Oakland essentially having the same number of schools with the enrollment, let's call it flat enrollment, with flat enrollment from now into the future, that there won't be any school closures just because you just don't think that's an effective way of reducing, let's just call it budgetary pressure, if we don't want to call it a crisis, but budgetary pressure on the district? What I'm, I'm not playing a, a semantic game here, but you, you can't dance around the official budget numbers. And with all due respect, a post from Parent Square is not a budget or a financial document. It's a narrative. This has been going on for a long time in Oakland. Again, there's a reason why no district officials wanted to come on here and speak about this, because this has been developed, directed by school board resolution, and it started on January 12th. This is not a plan for anything. And we need to take a step back and think about this. Is Mike, there a crisis I, I, that developed? Is there a crisis that developed in this month that is forcing the district to permanently close schools tonight with no process in order to achieve something for next year when there is nobody saying that we are in crisis now or that we'll be in crisis next year? But this Mike, is, this plan this does is, go back several several years, nope, right? I mean, when nope, were, when nope, did they wait, merge wait, wait. No, Elmhurst and Alliance we, and Sankofa? And Kaiser, I mean, this is this is a continuation of that plan. This is the third cohort, is it not? No, it's not. On October 27th, through a series of votes, the school board ended cohort three and ended the blueprint. Then on November 8th, less than two weeks later, is when Karen Monroe sent her letter. Then on January 12th, under a new school board president, Board President Yee, the school board agendized and approved a directed the superintendent to create a new list for school closures. This is not connected to anything that's happened in the past because I ran 
on a campaign to end school closures. And that's what we did after I was elected in November of 2020. And this is really important that we get the right facts out there. And that's why the community is so upset about what's happening, because this was dropped on us like a bomb. That's why there's no district representative here to speak about this, because staff is not in favor of this either. This is not the superintendent's plan. She was directed to do this by the school board from a January 12th vote. But I'm saying this idea that you need to reduce the number of schools in the district, like several years ago, the plan was to reduce it by 24 schools. So that idea has been out there for some time, but the right? whether plans. you paused it, whether you paused it or well, not. Like, but that idea has been out there. And then in 2020, that's why all four incumbents were forced out of office because of this plan. This plan is why I was elected to the school board elected with a mandate from the community that we were going to have a new direction going forward. But this idea that we have too many schools, again, nobody can show a peer research document or any document that proves that there's any sort of right number. But what we have had in Oakland is too many charter schools. Because when the state took us over in 2003, they closed our public schools and replaced them with charter schools, which left us with the highest rate of charter schools in the state of California. Until last year, when in my first year on the school board, the number of charter schools and the number of students in charter schools went down for the first time in 15 years. Mike, thanks for making that point, too. We've had a a bunch of callers come in um, saying who we're not going to get to uh, in this segment, but I'm making that point that like the charter schools are a huge part uh, of this picture. And I do want to bring in Tiffany from from San Francisco into this discussion who has another point to make. Hey, welcome to the show, Tiffany. Hi, I'm actually building on his point. You know, the Oakland Unified is saying teachers' salaries are their biggest budget issue, but that's just because they're not paying a living wage and they're not um, acknowledging that they get benefits from their union. And to build on that point about charter schools, that has increased over the years. Um, I'm not sure they're trimming their budget from the right place, the top district offices. And I'm mostly concerned that nobody has brought up who is going to be impacted by these closures, Um, the low-income and communities of color who rely on public education, and not just public education, accessible public education. If you have to take your kid on two or three buses to get across town to get to school, that's pretty terrible. And I think that that's been really overlooked in your um, show this morning, and I really would like you to address that, please. Thank sure. You. We, we that was that was the framing here. for the uh, thanks, Tiffany. That was the framing for the show off the top was that these cuts are in fact like not equitable, um, and black and brown students are going to be, and particularly black students are going to be uh, disproportionately impacted by this uh, by this these closures if they happen. Um, you know, Mike, do you see a future in which you there's an alternative plan by you know kind of your your part of the school board and the community to say like. Here's here's how we would like to deal with this uh, with this budget. Here's how we'd like to deal with this you know large number of schools, and here's a way we could center racial equity while sort of getting out of uh, from under the thumb of these kind of the fiscal authorities who are who are overseeing Oakland. Well, again, I need to stress that we're not in financial crisis. This is not something where we started this school year developing a plan to close schools for sustainability. I'm also on the budget and finance committee for the school board. Our budget is sound. Our finances are sound. 
we have a really strong senior business officer now for the first time in 20 years who has been reworking our budget. And we just approved $40 million in budget adjustments. But that's the other problem, though, with this plan. On top of it being unnecessary, there was no formula used to determine which school should be closed. And so we see this extra attack center on black students, on special education programs, and on, on our alternative and continuation high schools. So this plan literally targets our most vulnerable students on top of being not necessary. And there is no plan now for how we're going to possibly enroll these students in other schools. OUSD does not have busing, so there's no transportation included. And this is going to devastate and traumatize our community on top of the traumas we've already been experiencing through COVID. I am furious at my fellow school board directors that they would do this to us, to their community that elected them, especially at this time when there is no crisis or emergency to justify moving in this way. Thank you, uh, Mike. Just want to say, listener Carl writes, the closure of schools will have a devastating effect on students with special needs. There are more than 280 children in the special education program on the schools on the list for closure and consolidation. The district's plan is haphazard, relies on sketchy data and soft assumptions for special ed. This is a tough issue. We've been talking about tonight's vote on school closures and mergers in Oakland with Vanessa Roncano, education reporter for KQED News. Thanks for joining us. As well as Mike Hutchinson, Director, District 5, Oakland Board of Education. And earlier we were joined by L.K. Monroe, Superintendent of Schools in Alameda County. Thanks so much for joining us, Mike. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 